fearless. Founding 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 fearless. Welcome to the Founding Fearless podcast. We are your hosts, Sydney Key and Priscilla Olivares, and we're here to support you through your journey in becoming a fearless leader and discovering your inner confidence. We are talking about all things entrepreneurial through a college woman's lens. We hope to leave you feeling empowered after each episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Founding Fearless podcast, season two. Today, we have a guest who has created such a special path in the fashion world and sustainability. She is a driving force behind a women-owned and ran fashion brand that's on a mission to redefine our relationship with clothing. Chelsea Kramer is the founder and designer of Park, a woman-owned and run business that has a mission to create high-quality clothing that can elevate your closet and live with you forever. She was born in New Jersey and now lives in Miami, but has always loved fashion and clothes. With an ambitious drive from a young age, Chelsea knew she would run her own business. Her love of that perfect pair of jeans and her favorite white tee led her to create her namesake brand. So in July 2022, she launched her own company, Park, and hasn't looked back since. Welcome to the Founding Fearless podcast, Chelsea. Thank you so much for coming on. We're super excited to hear from you. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Okay. Well, the first question is just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where'd you go up? Where'd you go to school? And how have you gotten to where you are now? So I grew up in New Jersey, um, which most people don't know. A lot of people actually think that I lived in Miami my whole life, which I have not. Um, I grew up in New Jersey with my, I lived with my mom, my dad, my two older brothers. And to be honest, I like really never saw myself leaving the area. And it's crazy now looking back at it because I feel like everyone just thought I was such a homebody. <laughs> but anyways, um, after after high school, I went to Dickinson College in Pennsylvania and I played field hockey there, um, which also a lot of people don't know because I feel like that's like my new recent fun fact that I played a sport in college. Um, obviously, everyone who knows me up to that point and through college knows that I played sports and played sports in college. But I feel like now that I have a brand and stuff, it's not really like on brand. So it's my new fun fact. Um, and I moved to Miami in 2020 um, in October, sort of during the pandemic. Um, and previously before that, I lived in New York City. Fun. That's awesome. So what drove you to move to Miami? Because I feel like that's a big jump. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like um, after being home for a really long time during COVID mm -hmm. and living in New York, I just sort of felt sort of stuck in where I was. And yeah. at the time, I was working for a company that the founder had moved to Miami right before the pandemic had started. So okay. during that time, she was sort of like, do you want to like, do you want to move to Miami and move our office to Miami? It was a very, very small company. And I was sort of like, at that time, I was like telling my parents, I was like, I just cannot move back to New York. It just yeah. feels a little claustrophobic. And I was like, I'll go for it. I went sort of with no friends there. And obviously I've built a life for myself here now, but it's yeah. crazy looking back at that jump that I made because I feel like I am such a homebody, but I love um, living here now. Yeah. No, I love that. Cause I feel like I'm a homebody too. And I could never envision myself like moving away. Do you think you'd right. ever move back to like Jersey or New York city? Or do you want to stay in Miami? 
So it's kind of funny you ask because my boyfriend lives with me in Miami mm-hmm. and he's considering going back to business school and he wants okay. to go in, in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, like I've always thought it would be cool to live in Miami, but thinking about it more, I love where I grew up and I love mm-hmm. how family oriented the area is. And I yeah. love, I would love to be close to my parents. So I think that we'll probably move back um, yeah. eventually, but it's really fun for now while we're young yeah. and we have no kids obviously. And we're yeah. just like chilling. So it's, I mean, Miami is so fun and it's so warm and the weather's good. Yeah. So for right now it's great, but I definitely, yes, I definitely see myself moving back to like the tri-state area. No, I love that. And so then can you share a little bit more about like the inspiration and the story behind your business? Yes, I would love that. So in, I launched Park in July of 2022. And for those of you that don't know, obviously in the intro, um, you mentioned Park is actually my middle name and it's a, it's a family name. So a bunch of people in my family have the middle name Park, um, which I think is so cool. And my dad always calls me Parker, like my whole life on the field when he would like be on the sidelines and stuff, he would always call me Parker. And I love the name so much and it means so much to me. And I actually like kind of launched like a different business the year before under the same name Park. Um, It obviously like wasn't successful or anything and it was just sort of like I needed to do something myself Mm -hmm. um but I was working a job that I just didn't feel connected to at the time and I felt sort of just stuck and when I moved to Miami I um was always wearing vintage jeans and a t-shirt and like vintage jean shorts it's hot here I was not wanting to wear jeans and it was also right after the pandemic when no one was wearing anything but sweatpants (laughs) And I was like, why can't I find a way to be able to make take these vintage jeans? And mm-hmm. like, why can't everyone wear them? Why is it so hard to find a yeah. good pair of vintage jeans? And it just so happened that I was at a farmer's market with my mom and we met this guy and little, lo and behold, everything just like transpired. I texted my mom the next week. I think this was in April of 2022. I texted my mom the next week and I'm like, wait. I'm going to do this. Like, I'm not going to not do this. And something just about me is when I have something on my mind, I do it. I don't like Mm -hmm. hold anything back. Like I, there's no reason I feel like to hold back anything. Um, I know a lot of people obviously don't have that same mindset, but I'm like, what if I'm young, this is the present, like I have nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, so we really quickly wrapped that up. And in 2022 of July, we launched park with, just four p uh no three styles two pairs of shorts and a jean Mm -hmm. and um we launched with no inventory of two of the styles for Mm pre-order and one of the styles I think we had 200 pieces throughout all the size ranges and I'm like I don't think I don't care like if it doesn't do well nothing matters um I just, I'm just going to go for it. People don't buy them. It's fine. The other orders are for pre-order. I'm not like holding on to so much stuff, Mm -hmm. but obviously I was wrong and it did very well. I was like crying. I was also in the middle of my other job during swim week underneath piles of clothes in the (laughs) back of a freaking like I don't even know in the back of a <laughs> stock room, like sobbing because I'm mm-hmm. so happy, but also sobbing because I hate my hated my other job so much. Um, it was like 2 a.m. and I'm still putting clothes away, like horrible. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, wow. So from there, I sure it just sort of has evolved. Obviously, we'll get into more of the um, brand stuff. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I just went for it and didn't haven't looked back. That is such a crazy like turnaround period to Mm -hmm. in April and then it's being launched with the collection in July, like fast production, fast. Yeah. (laughs) yeah it was really crazy I was just like let's do it yeah (laughs) but I love how like the name is almost like an homage to your family and just like Mm -hmm. stuff. I love right yeah so kind of like backtracking to when you were in college was there any like elements or just um things like even after college that allowed you to grow in the fashion industry I know that you talked on like your job beforehand but what was your experience in like the fashion industry and like entrepreneurship in general so I would say that there weren't really any key elements in college or even before that that really allowed me to have insight into the fashion industry I as I mentioned, I played sports. So mm-hmm. during college and before that, obviously, I really focused like most of my time on that and preparing for like the season since the sport I played was a fall sport. So I didn't really like focus my time in my college years on internships and stuff like that. And honestly, that just like looking back on it, that just wasn't even close to at the forefront of my mind. Like I was not even thinking about that at all. I hadn't, I was not thinking about after college I really wasn't Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about like oh the season and that and like even when I graduated I still had no idea really what I wanted to do and um after college I had an internship for a jewelry brand named Alexa Lee and Mm -hmm. it was um I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the brand but Alexa's still one of my like very good friends to this day and a a very very good mentor to me Um, But I started interning there in the summer after I graduated college. And at the time, the brand was very, um, the brand was very new. It was just getting its feet off of the ground. She just had hired her sister at full time as like a first employee. Her sister like had another job and she quit for to work there. So it was a very, very new brand, which gave me so much insight into every aspect of the brand. And I worked there until 2021, I think, um, from 2019 to 2021. And those years really, really shaped me into so much that I know today. And um, I think that obviously it's jewelry, it's not clothing, but mm-hmm. there's so many aspects to the bu- to business that I learned in those years of such a early like early stages of business and that honestly shaped most of what I know today and I'm so thankful for Alexa and her sister Jordan because they really really helped me so much and although at the time they probably weren't thinking that they're helping me for starting my own business later in life but they really did and after that I worked in wholesale so I and that was the job that I was talking about earlier that was just not for me um it was more like devil wears Prada stuff. Um, <laughs> but also that job, I also learned both those two jobs together. Like really, I learned so much about brands in general. Um, and that, so after college was really when I got my in, my insight into the fashion world business-wise. But I would say mm-hmm. before that, I was always into fashion. Like when I was younger in, in school and um, 
I would I would say that was like always like my thing kind of not even mm-hmm. even though I didn't like have jobs in fashion I was always so interested in it and clothes and everything and going shopping with my mom just all of that I feel like it's so important like understanding what it takes to be an entrepreneur to like be an entrepreneur almost so like being under an entrepreneur and seeing them build their own business and like the mechanics behind it and logistics and just their passion for it as well is so important like into creating your own business as well Right. The, yeah. I think it's really all about like the passion that people put behind their own mm-hmm. businesses for sure. So you mentioned that you started with just three styles, like when you went live, two were just on a wait list. And so what did the timeline kind of look like when you started to add new styles of things or like even different items that weren't denim and like what motivated you to expand into more of like the everyday basics? So we since we launched in July um i was still working my other job until november so okay. for those months i was sort of just focusing on what we had launched and mm-hmm. restocking and getting into all of the stuff that we had just done and i'd say after that is when i really was able to start focusing after fin- have after ending my other job like i was really able to start focusing on growing the business, growing the products, growing the customer base. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really when the brand started to take off. And I I feel like it wasn't probably until January of 23 that I really was like, okay, I don't need to just do denim. Mm -hmm. I want, I feel like once you have a really strong customer base and your customer trusts you, um, mm-hmm. I know I feel that with other brands that I buy. If they yeah. sell something that I like and I, they're starting to make sheet bedding sheets, I'm going <laughs> to buy them. Like I I feel like brands that you trust, you trust. Um, so I was like, I want to be able to make clothes that I can wear from the morning until the night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've, why don't I just do it? Like there's no reason not to. Um, and I think in this stage of where I am in the business right now, it's been interesting to test sort of those products and sort of Mm. see what my customer likes and doesn't like um, and really get into like the analytic part of the customer base and see what they're, what they're shopping for. And if they're going to buy the bike shorts from me or they're going to buy them from the other store, you know, or if we don't need to carry that, but I feel like it's been great to test all those new products and see what we're going to stick with um, and just really go from there. But I feel like, I wanted to help my like customers build their like wardrobe and sort of build what Mm -hmm. they need to have. And yeah. I love that. Just because you can see the whole like capsule wardrobe, like across the website, everything like it's like quality pieces that are basic, but still like really stylish. I'm obsessed. (laughs) You need to get. (laughs) Especially after like COVID, everyone was like wanting to just wear Mm -hmm. athleisure and then now just the whole like basics look yeah. at the capsule wardrobe is so like beneficial and important in a lot of people mm-hmm. like style now I guess yeah right um but like your first collection of denim was like a huge success that you men- you mentioned earlier but in your website like one of your most successful products was the crossover shorts so what was it what were some of like those key contributions that you think made those shorts like so successful Right. And still today, I think that 
they're one of our number one sellers. I don't know mm. if they're still the number one, but um, I think that when I was sort of figuring out what to, what we were going to sell, it was sort of how we can take these vintage jeans that we started with and how can we make them different, unique, and how can we sell like the crap out of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And basically we, there's in the recycled denim industry, there's a surplus of men's jeans Mm-hmm. And most people don't really realize that when they're buying our products, but our jeans, our crossover jeans that we have are recycled um, are really large size men's jeans. And the crossover aspect is basically the way that we make them sizable for women. Mm-hmm. And so while keeping it in the vintage family, we have been able to make it so that they fit women while also reducing all the waste of this ex- these extra men's jeans that are out mm-hmm. there. Um, and I think that number one, maybe that is what resonated with the customer, but number two, they are so comfortable. So the, and they really fit everybody. Um, we sell from extra, extra small to extra, extra large. And I think that, we have our customers, our extra, extra large customers saying that they never found jean shorts that they can mm. actually wear and mm. they fit them perfectly. And our extra, extra small customers saying that they also can't find jeans that fit their waist properly mm-hmm. or they're too big or they're too, they're too small here. Like, and they fit them perfectly. So across the board, the size ranges, I think are really customer friendly and they're friendly to everyone. And I think that's one of the reasons that those that piece the custom the crossover shorts have just done very well yeah I love that it was like not solely focused on the style and just more of Mm -hmm. recycling and like the sustainability of right yeah I definitely think that made a huge hit right yeah and so now switching gears a little bit to manufacturing I know this is something that I've always been so interested in because I think like the ultimate goal for like me and Priscilla is to like start a business at some point. And I would love to start like a CPG business, but I feel like manufacturing is like the biggest roadblock. Like no one knows where to start. And so where did you begin to find that manufacturing? Was it from the guy at the farmer's market and kind of what did that process look like to getting everything produced? So I feel like in the fashion industry, there's this huge like secret that people don't share. And it's really about And it's really about the manufacturers and Mm -hmm. who you're using and people real, it's like a huge secret. Like people do not share who their manufacturer is. And I think everything is like super secretive, which I don't, I have no idea why it shouldn't be that way. Um, But honestly, the way I found my manufacturer to start was the guy at the farmer's market I met. He he had a brother and his dad has this manufacturer this this factory in Los Angeles and that's how I got connected which is the craziest story ever I'm like thank god for this random April day that me and my mom went to the farmer's market and we were chatting with this random guy like Mm -hmm. of course this would happen to me this is like the classic I feel like (laughs) that's what would happen to me I would just be talking to someone random and that's how we found our manufacturer to start and from there we've sort of just done a lot of like reaching out and I've done like countless hours of research Mm -hmm. um on finding manufacturers and we don't we only use that manufacturer manufacturer that's like a tongue twister Mm -hmm. in LA for our recycled denim so when I 
wanted to move to not just doing recycled denim. Um, I had to really out branch or branch out and find new people. And we started with someone in New York um, doing other stuff for us. They made amazing shirts and they did a great job, but mm-hmm. the prices were just so expensive. Yeah. Um, so we've moved manufacturers since then, but we, it's a crazy process of finding and doing research, but I literally have just done all my research myself. Yeah. I, I haven't heard from anyone else because yeah. no one tells you. So yeah. Yeah. I'm a fashion major at UT actually. And they like, they always talk about finding manufacturer. If you create a business, like you create your collection. I'm like, how do you find a manufacturer? Right. Like, <laughs> like, like you, are they not giving them? Like, yeah. no, I'm co- so confused. And like, you can't just travel everywhere and go look at the places. So I'm right. just mind blown when it comes to it. Yeah. Um, but we've talked a lot about like sustainability practices and just like how you want to like focus a lot on sustainability and recyclable um, denim as well. So like, what are some more like practices in your business that pertain to it? And like how, like what made it so important to you when you were building the business as well? So I think that obviously, since we're not going to be sticking with just, I mean, we don't at the moment, we don't stick with just recycled denim anymore. Um, It was really important to me when finding factories and manufacturers that practiced, like didn't practice crazy practices, everyone used recycled materials, um, used eco-friendly materials. And a huge thing is that when they do cut and sew, which is like when you're a fashion major, so you understand what that is. But it's basically when they put the piece of fabric on the table and they cut the product that they're making, that they use the same, basically all of the scraps in order to make our products and really leave no waste behind. Mm. And that was really important to me when finding new manufacturers um, because I know that there's so much waste involved in the fashion industry. And that was something that was super important to me. So in order to keep that sustainability going and using fabrics and stuff that are sustainable um, has been important to me and making sure that the factories have no bad practices going on because I know that's a huge thing too. I know like a lot of uh, my friends that are in like the fashion designer part of the school, they'll go and they'll create like their collection or whatever they're creating and all their scraps feel like a whole bucket. And I was like, oh, that's so many scraps. Like, right. So we also try to find ways in order in our business to use our scraps. Um, mm-hmm. For example, we are doing like a tank and a tea with it just says park um, on it, mm. but we are using the scraps of the denim that we've already had in order to like the park letters are in denim. So So we're using that with our scraps. Um, We have a pant called the patchwork pant and a short, the Mm -hmm. patchwork short. And those are made from all of our scraps as well. Um, And we're working with on two collabs at the moment that we're using with other brands that we're using our scraps for. So we try to keep those and um, repurpose them for future future projects or if anyone wanted to use them um, yeah we'd give them out but yeah so just trying to not keep with so much waste yeah mm-hmm. and did you know coming in to like starting a business that you would want to practice sustainable practices from the get-go honestly no I, I 
some of the brands that I worked on in my previous job um, Mm -hmm. were sustainable. And I know actually that a lot of stores, when they're buying, there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of stores and retailers. I don't know if they're all online or in stores, but I know there's a bunch that will only buy sustainable brands. So um, I think that's a very interesting thing that Mm -hmm. you have to think about because they're not going to buy your brand. If yeah. I mean, right now we're not doing wholesale. We're just focusing on direct to consumer. So in the future, if we wanted to sell to wholesale and those mm-hmm. special accounts that only buy sustainable, I mean, that was also, that was on the forefront of my mind at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so switching gears a little bit into marketing now, but along with sustainability, We know that marketing is such a huge factor in building any business, but especially Mm -hmm. a fashion and online retail business. What have been some key practices that you've made sure the marketing's on brand and specifically targeting your specific audience? So something that's really interesting, I've found through my brand that we do is that we actually have, we don't pay any money for marketing. Um, Wow. So... I mean, at this point, I'm sure eventually we're going to have to, but Mm -hmm. right now we haven't spent $1 on marketing, um, which I'm so grateful for Mm -hmm. because that's obviously a whole nother, a whole nother creature that I would have to get into. But, um, I find that by posting on social media and TikTok Mm -hmm. and having an, a little bit of an audience, like you don't even know the conversions that it could even possibly make and it blows my mind (laughs) the reach that those platforms have um Mm -hmm. because i don't these marketing companies are gonna eventually like disappear because of the of the reach that these the social media has and to be honest um yeah that that's basically it just posting on social and we do a little bit of um of gifting as well so those Mm -hmm if we gift someone, then they'll post in it Mm -hmm. and then even more reach and just more reach. Um, and that's sort of the way that we've been going at the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever I like look through, um, like y'all's content and stuff, I don't really see many, like, uh, outside relations with like influencers or just help in promoting. So how did like the PR work? or do y'all use PR or like how does that so I think it's sort of interesting for me for me to see both sides of it because I also do brand work for other companies that is aren't just mine so I think it's really interesting on a I like to because I can sort of see it on both levels on a brand side and like the the consumer side um but we do gifting I'll just reach out to people and just say hey like I'd love to send you some pieces from our new collection. And that's basically how it's worked so far. Um, And it's super simple as that. It's really, there's nothing crazy to it. Um, We, yeah, that's it. Do y'all send it like to, for them to post on like TikTok or Instagram or both? We don't ask, there's no requirements to post. Um, Mm -hmm. So for that, to require someone to post, usually there's paid, something paid in that um but usually like the people that I'm gifting to I know that they're gonna like the product Mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of the people have similar styles to me so I feel like I know I like it I want to wear it I know that they're gonna want to wear it 
Um, and I sort of try to find people that align with our brand. On all of y'all's denim, um, like jeans, do y'all have the little tag that says like park on everything? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I feel like that helps a lot too. When people are just yeah. It's so funny. Actually, my, one of my good friends was on vacation with her family and her, and her fiance and they were out for lunch and they, she saw someone wearing the, the jean shorts with the little tag. Oh, wow. She like chased her out of the restaurant <laughs> yeah. to take um, a picture. It was so funny, but yeah. I'm just standing in a line and I see someone wearing like really cute jeans and like right, right mm-hmm. there. I'm like, I'm going on their website. Like, now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We so. put our, our logo on a few of our items on the outside. Um, not for that reason, but just because we like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cute. Okay, so whenever like creating a capsule wardrobe, um, especially since it's become like more popular, how I want uh want to ask like, how can people build a capsule wardrobe, and like, what are some tips that you have for any listeners that want to build that capsule wardrobe? It's actually funny because I was talking to my mom about this a couple months ago about how I want to start just like investing in pieces mm-hmm. that I'll wear all the time. And I'm obviously impartial to this because it's like my own brand, but I like yeah. feel like a lot of the pieces from the line are super, they're great pieces that you can wear all the time. And there's mm-hmm. something that you'll throw on with any, anything. And when I'm creating a capsule wardrobe, I want that piece that I can pair with any shirt, any shorts, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I feel like some of the products that we have aren't really like fast fashion and Mm -hmm. when I'm creating new products I really try to keep that in mind and I'm trying not to think about the current trend or what people are wearing at this moment because what happens next year when it's like oh they're wearing they're wearing that or like oh like I don't want to have that that trendy piece although Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really really easy to go into that especially when I'm like okay everyone is wearing this right now we need to sell it but mm-hmm. I try to stay away from that. And I, it's hard when you compare your brand to other brands that are really doing that and doing very mm-hmm. well at the same time. Um, but I really try to keep that in mind that my, I want to, I want to sell pieces that people will have forever. Those, those jeans that they'll always come back to that yeah. jean shirt yeah. or that jean jacket that they'll be wearing for years mm-hmm. um, and really not have pieces that they're going to get rid of next season. And also when, I think people look at prices of things. They also like that reflects that, you know, and I, I mm-hmm. try not, our, our prices aren't crazy, but I feel like sometimes people do ask like, why is that so expensive? Well, it's hard because I don't want it to be that expensive. I want it to mm-hmm. be accessible to everyone, but it's a piece that is made with care, great materials, yeah. quality, and it's something that you can have forever. It's not going to shrink and then you'll never be able to wear it again. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a long worded answer to a small question, but no, I, I feel think, like that's important. Well, like on top of that, I feel like the fashion industry has also like messed up the consumer's mind on pricing Mm -hmm. as well because you can buy like let's say you want a black blazer and like you'll go buy it for I don't know $15 $20 on some fast fashion site and it's like you want a good quality blazer and you want something that actually lasts and so I think it's just messed up like the whole ideation of Mm -hmm. pricing what's good and what's not Right. And then also when we're um, creating pieces and we're in the process of sampling them and then we're in the rounds of getting the samples, it also 
has been a process for me to like be like okay well this is good but it's not Mm -hmm. great and I feel like it's been hard for me to do that because I wanted to launch something so Mm -hmm. fast like I have the sample I'm like oh my god I love it I need it to it to come out tomorrow but then I'm like the quality could be a little better so why Mm -hmm. don't we wait a little bit longer and I rather release it a little bit later just because like the fabric wasn't perfect yeah um and I think that's important too. And I, I have to remind myself too that when I'm saying it, because I have to remind myself yeah. that it has to be the best quality in order to, so you can have it in your capsule wardrobe. Do y'all yeah. have like a set number of rounds of quality testing? There's no set number. Um, I've had times where I've gotten a sample and actually I don't think I've ever gotten a sample and the first round has been just go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, perfectionist which is a flaw and a good quality at the same time but I feel like it's it's important that Mm -hmm. you make sure that those changes are are made in order to have sell the best product and I don't want someone to be wearing a shirt that I didn't love the quality of the material just because I wanted to launch it and for example our collection that we launched on Tuesday um it launched a little bit later than I would have liked it to Mm-hmm. but the first round quality just wasn't up to par and I wasn't going to launch it earlier just because. Yeah. yeah. And so as your journey as an entrepreneur in the fashion industry, what has been the most valuable lesson that you think that you've learned that you would pass on to future business owners? I think truthfully, no one really, you don't understand. I was talking with a friend the other day who has a brand as well and not clothing, but just she has a small business. And we were talking about how you don't, you want to get to this point where you're have a small business and you have a brand, but no one really, like, I don't even know. I didn't even know really what actually goes into it. And I'm like, yeah. wait, do I want to be here? Do I, mm-hmm. do I want to be doing this? It's like, yeah. but I think that what you really need to remember and, um, no, when you're creating a business and the most valuable lesson that I've learned and that I teach, I continue to teach myself every day is that mm-hmm. things take time. And yeah. just because another brand is, is like doing so well and is the it brand right now doesn't mean that that's, you're falling behind yeah. or you're, you're compared to them. I think mm-hmm. you just have to remember that things take time. Just our brand is one, just over one year old and yeah. it's, it's, nothing compared to those brands that have been around forever. And you don't, I don't even know where it will be in 10 years. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's hard because I look forward at that, at that point, that 10 year mark or whatever. And I just have to remind myself that things do take time and it can't, like I said, with the quality, it had like, it will be perfect if you just continue on the ride. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's um, because our last question was like, what's on the horizon, but you already said that it was, well one thing that we have on the horizon is we have an amazing collection coming out for resort which will launch right after thanksgiving so right after this episode airs um and i'm so excited about it it's we've been working on it for so long and we've had an amazing graphic designer working with us and the products are just so good so that's what's on the, the horizon for this and i'm so excited for everyone to see and then one more thing that's on the horizon um, is that obviously we've talked a lot about how we use recycled jeans, mm-hmm. um, but we've been sampling for months, like months and months and months, um, our own jeans. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's really like the next main thing that's on the horizon that I'm so excited for. And I'm excited for the step of the brand to take it yeah. from like this recycled jean company to like our own jean company. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's really like the next big, big thing. That's yeah. Exciting. No, I love mm-hmm. that. I'm excited to see all the new collections and mm-hmm. what's posted on next Tuesday as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Next Tuesday is going to be crazy. <laughs> I'm sure like you're gearing up for that and it's mm-hmm. been a hectic day, but so excited. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, that was all of our questions, but now Amazing. we're going to like the rapid fire segment. So these are just like the fun and quick questions. So just answer whatever's on the top of your head. So the first question is something no one would expect about you. I sort of said this before, but that I played a sport in college. (laughs) Like no one knows that. And I have been telling people lately and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like I did. So that. Love it. Okay. Next one. What's your morning routine? My morning routine is pretty much the same every morning. I am a huge routine person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I get out of bed around seven-ish. Um, and me and my boyfriend, we have coffee together before he starts work. Um, I ice roll my face. I mm. ice roll and washa, And sometimes I even ice plunge it. It's like our new thing mm-hmm. that we love to do. <laughs> and I always, always, always start my day with a workout. Love it. You do like Pilates or yoga? Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I do. Hot, and I love to sweat, so it's always hot. Yeah. <laughs> What's the most important lesson that you've learned in life? My mom always told me to be nice to everyone, and that follows me every everywhere. And mm-hmm. I, it's like the most important lesson that I've ever been told. And I sometimes, I always remember that. And I obviously, like now, where I am in my life versus where I was when I was younger, I probably didn't think about it as much, but now I especially think about it just to be nice to everyone and then my yoga instructor also told um has a saying that she says sometimes that it's definitely in the context of yoga that she's saying it but I sort of take it out of context into the real Mm -hmm. world and she just says don't analyze the room because Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge huge lesson that it's just like I like I mentioned before you versus someone else like don't don't compare yourself mm-hmm. and comparison is like the thief thief of joy as they say yeah. so I think that's a huge huge one for me yeah I love that and so what does founding fearless mean to you so hmm, what it means to me is just I feel like I just started my company with no expectations and yeah. no end goal in mind and I just feel like just to start start your your journey and follow your passions, I feel like that will take you everywhere. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, how do listeners get in touch with you? You can follow me on Instagram at Chelsea Kramer and Park Official. And on TikTok, I think it is Park Official and Chelsea P. Kramer. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe and follow to the Founding Fearless podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to like, rate, and leave us a review. Founding Fearless. Founding Fearless.